It's that time of the year again. Here in Canada, Respect for Life Week has just ended, and last Thursday, May 12th, was the annual National March for Life in Ottawa. A great opportunity to let our politicians know that not all Canadians are okay with our current state of abortion legal limbo. Many people don't know that there is no abortion law in Canada. People say that they don't want the debate reopened, but it's never been closed. The issue has never been settled because politicians are afraid to go there. But every year, there are more and more members of parliament who show support for the march, and this year was no different. It's a long road, but hearts are being changed. However, when we say we are pro-life, we have to be pro-life in all areas. And celebrating death, for example, the death of Osama bin Laden, is not something that someone who is pro-life should be doing, despite the fact that our dear President Obama did not lose sleep over the possibility of killing bin Laden, regardless of what someone may have done, we should always lose sleep over the possibility of taking their life. And who am I to say that bin Laden deserves what he got? President Obama thinks I should have my head examined. I don't think so. Life is not ours to give or to take. So as we celebrate life in this country, Let's not just think about abortion, euthanasia, or capital punishment. Let's think about changing the minds of people who believe that under certain circumstances, it's okay to take a life. It may be necessary, it may be justified, but it's never okay. And it's perfectly okay and human to lose sleep over it. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and sitting here with me now is Chris Dimitrenko. Hi, Pedro. Nice to have you back. So what are our news headlines today? Well, uh, the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom has uh, issued a list of countries of particular concern. So we're going to talk a little bit about that list. Mm -hmm. uh, a big event in Canada this past week at Parliament Hill. And, uh, and we're going to talk about bottled water. Oh, good. Okay, mm -hmm. so details on those stories yeah. coming up. And also coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll be hearing from Jillian Cantor about what her kids have taught her this week. And now, Chris, do you know, do you know how much it costs to go to the seminary? Would you know, more or less? Not at all. Well, most, no. people, most people don't, and most people don't even think that seminarians have to pay. Or maybe they don't have to pay. So I kind of thought that, that someone else did. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to find out. We're going to be speaking with David Howey. He's of the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation in London, Ontario. Mm. So that's going to be in our second half hour. And also, in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Angelica. She's uh, our Artist of the Week. She's a Romanian singer, songwriter, and author. She's now living in Canada. And she has a new album. It's her, actually, very first album of songs written by her in English, and here now is a song from that album, The Sun Sent Me a Ray.
That was Angelica with The Sun Sent Me a Ray. Angelica will join us in our second half hour, and Lawrence will be joining us next with our Saint of the Week. But before that, Chris is still here with our news. Yes, uh, Pedro, well, the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, they have issued their list, their latest list, of countries of particular concern. And you don't want to be on this list. These are countries that stand out because of serious violations okay. against religious freedom. Some of those countries are Burma, China, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and Sudan. Wow. Now, in one particular case, in one country, uh, the report says it's gotten much worse, and that's Egypt. And uh, there's been a lot in the news about this, um, and the report talks about violence, murder, uh, particularly against Coptic Christians and other religious minorities. And that's, that's continued even since uh, the president, Hosni Mubarak, has resigned uh, on February, in February. Right. And uh, the report has said that the Egyptian government has permitted discrimination against religious minorities, cops, but also Baha'is, uh, Muslims as well, who, who uh, are considered dissidents uh, to the other Muslims in the country. And uh, the report also says that the state-controlled media regularly publishes material vilifying Jews. Wow. Um, now, closer to home, uh, speaking of human rights, mm -hmm. uh, thousands of Canadians descended upon Parliament Hill in Ottawa. Parliament Hill being yes. kind of like the White House yes. uh, in the United States. And they did so for our annual National March for Life. And the theme this year was Abortion Kills a Human Being. 
Um, it's uh, become a tradition now in Ottawa that it begins the night before with a candlelight vigil at the Human Rights Monument in Ottawa near Parliament Hill, mm-hmm. followed by Mass the following morning at uh, St. Patrick's Basilica and then the March. And this March has been getting uh, bigger and bigger these last few years. It is. It is the largest annual gathering at Parliament Hill in Canada. Yeah. And and even so, it, it doesn't tend to get too much uh, media attention. No, unfortunately. no, unfortunately. Now, Pedro, what do you think about bottled water? Do you have any qualms about drinking bottled water? Um, I don't know if I have qualms, but I'm not a big bottled water drinker. I'm happy with water from the tap. Sure, if it's clean, it's, it's a lot clean, cheaper. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not plastic. Well, uh, the Toronto Catholic District School Board has actually become a bottled water-free zone. And uh, at a recent board meeting, they unanimously passed a vote banning bottled water by September 2012. Mm -hmm. So it won't be in schools, cafeterias, vending machines, uh, school and board functions, anywhere on school board property. And, uh, And actually, the students have been behind this as well. The Catholic Student Leadership Impact Team, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a student senate, has been working with the Canadian Catholic Organization for Development and Peace, and they have this campaign against the privatization of water. So this is the issue here, yes. um, and this campaign is called Water for All, Let Justice Flow, and it's about the effects of bottled, the effects bottled water is having on the global south. And to find a little yes. bit more about this issue, you can go to the Development Peace website, devp.org. Now, the last thing I wanted to tell you about, Pedro, is a major new appointment in the Vatican this oh, past week. okay. And it's for the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples, mm-hmm. also known as Propaganda Fide. Yep. And uh, this is, this is uh, distinguished from uh, the new Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization, which is areas that have already been evangelized. But this is like new mission territory. Yeah. And uh, Archbishop Fernando Filoni is the person who was named just this past week. And in his new post, he's, he's dubbed the Red Pope. And that's a reflection of both the power of this congregation and also uh, the blood of persecuted Christians, yeah. the blood of the martyrs. And he, before that, he was the sostituto, which means the substitute of the Secretary of State. So he was kind of like, uh, to use a description that I, that I read uh, another Catholic blogger write about him, he was kind of like the White House Chief of Staff. Yeah. And now he's got this whole department to himself. And he's succeeding Cardinal Ivan Diaz, who resigned upon reaching the age limit. Excellent. So someone new at Propaganda Fides. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Thank you, Chris Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we love your emails. It's radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And coming up is our diocesan update. But before that, our Saint of the Week with Lawrence. Hey, Pedro. All right, I want to talk about um, St. Pasco Balon. Mm. His feast day is uh, Tuesday, May 17th. Uh, he was born May 24th, 1540 in eastern Spain. Okay. Uh, he was raised in a poor family, uh, which taught him a lot about piety, but they couldn't afford to send him to school. So at a young age, he, was, he had such a strong desire for knowledge that he would often take a book with him into the local fields where he would watch 
the sheep graze, and he would ask passers-by to teach him how to read. Really? So at wow. a young age, he learned how to read because of that. From passers-by. Exactly. Cool. Um, and he pretty much only wanted to read spiritual books, so he was just always reading spiritual books. And then when he was a little bit older, he became what was called an under-shepherd, uh-huh. which is basically a shepherd intern. Okay, I like it. I like it. <laughs> and yeah, and he loved it. Um, so he did that for a few years. Um, he loved the simplicity, basically, of being a shepherd. Um, and he always had a spiritual book with him, so he'd be reading it yeah. all day long. Okay. Uh, also, he was also known to be found kneeling under a tree praying. Hmm. Um, but he did have some issues. Uh, he had some difficulties controlling some of the animals. Uh, he wasn't perfect, obviously. He spent uh, too much time reading. Maybe. Uh, yeah, there you yeah. go. I didn't connect that. Uh, also, some of his co-workers, many of whom were not religious, would be cursing all day long. Yeah. So when I read that, I was thinking, sounds like a construction site. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, okay, so then at age 20, he left shepherding, um, decided to go to the poorest monastery you could find, which was a reformed Franciscan order. Uh, and the members would walk around barefoot. Mm. So pretty uh, austere. Yeah. Uh, and when he arrived there, he actually continued working uh, in a f- on a farm, and he would seek the counsel of the priests in the monastery to kind of discern, I guess, discern his vocation. Yeah. Uh, and they tried to persuade him to become a priest, um, but he stayed away for about four years, um, and through this became known as the Holy Shepherd. Um, right. So then after four years of farming and shepherding, um, he was finally admitted as a lay brother to the order. Um, he decided he didn't want to become a priest. Right. Which is interesting. Int- yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so once um, on an errand um, as a lay brother of this order to the, to the general of the order in Paris, um, he was uh, pursued and attacked by Huguenots, which were basically... In France, yeah. Yeah, in France. Where they were... So, yeah, you went from Spain to France, yeah. to Paris. Um, and they were basically uh, French Protestants. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was right after the Reformation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and twice he was taken as a spy. Um, but he... I mean, all he wanted was to be taken and, and killed as yeah. a martyr. But... But no. But God was like, no, you're not going to be a martyr. So, unfortunately for him, I guess, he wasn't martyred. Yeah. Uh, so, he... Yeah, he lived out his life. Um, the monastery um, had a very strong devotion to Our Lady and the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, he would spend um, endless hours kneeling or prostrate before the Blessed Sacrament. And so it's because of this that he's known as the patron of Eucharistic Congresses and oh. Eucharistic Adoration. Really? Nice. And he died on uh, May 17th, 1592 at the age of 52. Interesting. So that's why his feast day is May 17th. This coming Tuesday. So that's St. Pascal Bailon. I didn't know he was Spanish. I actually always thought he was French. So there you go. Um, Thank you very much, Lawrence. Lawrence, our uh, saint expert. He's also our Salt and Light TV programming assistant. And so he's going to be back in a little bit with our TV programming highlights for the coming week. So stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. Salt and Light Radio can also be downloaded as a podcast at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and also on iTunes. Now, in the second half of our program, we'll be speaking with David Howie about his work with the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation. But now, here with us is Andrew Santos. Hi, Pedro. Uh, Some archdiocesan events going on across the country. Yep. Uh, First here at home in Toronto, after a cold and bitter winter, 
Martyr Shrine in Midland, Ontario, which is north of Toronto, yes, has once again opened its gates to tour buses and those interested in the sights and sounds. Now, okay. I've had the chance to see Martyr Shrine. It's a beautiful place to be, actually. Yeah. It's one of the few um, beautiful shrines in Canada. Yeah. Uh, it's home to the Canadian Martyrs. Yes. Um, so the season opening was today. Um, for those in need of directions, you can... Uh, contact the Shrine by phone. Uh, their phone number is 705-526-3788. Or you know what? Better yet, visit their website, martyrs-shrine.com. Excellent. And the grounds fee is per person a cheap, cheap $4. Really? Okay, good. Great. Uh, moving over to the West Coast, mm -hmm. there's a great event, Pedro, that our friends in Vancouver should consider attending. Yep. Uh, the Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver will bless the Vocations Monstrance this oh, yeah. Sunday, May the 15th, which is Good Shepherd Sunday, at the 11 a.m. Mass at the Holy Rosary Cathedral. Uh, the Monstrance will then visit every parish during um, Adoration Time, nice. and it's going to promote vocations. Yeah, so, good. Um, Archbishop Michael Miller is welcoming representatives from each parish, uh, youth groups, schools, and uh, yeah, they're encouraged to attend and take part. So if you're in the Vancouver area, you should definitely check out the 11 a.m. Mass at the Holy Rosary Cathedral this Sunday. Absolutely, and, and uh, I will encourage you to, you know, if it's coming to your parish or coming to your school, go check it out, the Vocations Monstrance. It's quite beautiful, uh, um, and it's also a great event to support vocations, and it's good to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament also, so uh, take advantage of that opportunity you have in Vancouver. And finally, moving out east to La Belle Provence uh -huh. in Montreal, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal in Montreal will be hosting an English conference with the theme, Experience the Power of His Love. It's happening on the weekend of May 20th to the 21st at St. Joseph's Oratory in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, guest speakers include Father Bob Hogan, mm -hmm. uh, Peter Thompson, and a few others. So the topics of the presentations include prayer, praise, word ministry, teaching, and leadership. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, now, for more information on ticket costs, and if you're interested in registering, uh, you can send an email to info at faithexpressions.com. Okay. Sounds like a great way to yeah. spend your weekend. Excellent. So, so info at faithexpressions.com. If you're in the Montreal area, you'd like to uh, go uh, spend some time with the Charismatic Renewal. Uh, thank you, Andrew. No problem. Um, Andrew Santos, again, is doing an internship with us here. This is your last week with us. Uh, Friday's my last day. Yes, Friday was your last day because today's Saturday. Yes, that's right. So Andrew Santos, Andrew Santos is doing an internship with us here at Salt and Light, Andrew. So this is your last week with us. Yeah. Well, it's been good having you. Thank you for your help, and maybe we'll see you around. Um, Thank you, Pedro. Always good to share the booth with you, Pedro. Thank you very All much, right. Andrew. It's been good. If if you're interested in doing an internship with us, send us an email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook and you can also follow us on Twitter. And now it's time for... What Our Kids Teach Us with Julian Cantor. Julian, what did you learn from your kids this week? Well, hello, Pedro. Today we are working on a topic that might be of interest to a few people, okay. to a few parents. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. Discipline, yes. 
Especially, well, I mean, our seventh-month-old doesn't require much disciplining. <laughs> Although occasionally, Hopefully. just to make our two-year-old feel better, I say, Henry, don't do that, and just uh, <laughs> kind of spread it out so everyone feels like they're... Yeah, share it. Share the discipline. Yeah, yeah no, so we are um, just trying to figure out what will our two-year-old uh, respond to, what will be effective, and what will essentially create a household of peace instead of just crazy running around. <laughs> yes. Um, so this has led me to... a a couple of Catholic resources, but one that I just want to talk about today um, was actually included in this last season, our second season of Word for Word. Right, which is a uh, show that you produce, yes, our book right. show. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's excellent that <laughs> I'm able to take these resources from the book show and apply them to my own life. Um, and it's called The Catholic Family Handbook by Father Lawrence Lavasic. Okay. And how's this for a subtitle, Pedro? Time-tested techniques to help you strengthen your marriage and raise good kids. So, I like it. Sounded promising. So, so that's the Catholic Family Handbook. That's right. Yeah. Great. So I skimmed the index and went straight for the area on discipline. And what Father Lavasic emphasizes, um, the definition of discipline that he emphasizes is that it's the development of, um, of a spirit of loyalty to parents and home. So I thought that was interesting because it, he is saying that it's not about exerting force over anyone or trying to... Uh, get your children to do what you want. Discipline is not about um, us reshaping them, yeah. but it's about uh, their inner selves. It's about teaching them how to make good decisions and uh, teaching them self-control. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, actually. I'm thinking about my, my two boys that are yeah. much older than yours, but that makes perfect sense. So what we're trying to do at this young age, at two years old, is teach Joseph what are the good decisions that you should be making, and then that is something that he's going to be able to carry with him, and as he grows, exactly. be able to think, okay, right or wrong, good or bad, what should he be doing? At least that's what we're hoping. Uh, okay. And that the other thing that he says is that um, your discipline needs to be motivated by love and not anger, mm. so that it's rational, not emotional, yeah, and it's that's temperate, a not vengeful. Yeah. So you are not... You're, you're disciplining them out of their concern, out of, or excuse me, out of concern for their well-being. Um, and not anger, which would be trying to break their will or conforming their will to your own. But yeah. basically you're shaping those little people that are <laughs> running around beside no, you. No, and that's that, I think that's a harder one because even if you're motivated by love, you're still caught in emotional moments where you yeah. respond or react yeah. in yeah. anger. And I think those are the moments where yeah. we really need to let that grace just stop us for a second Yes, and look at the... Uh, as quickly as you can in a second, but look at the bigger picture and just stop. Okay, breathe, and I love you. This is why we're going to do this. Yeah. So we've been trying to figure out how does how can we apply this um, in our as, as we're disciplining Joe. And so I guess you know, as many parents do, we we have timeouts for our our sons. Yep. Well, for Joseph, for now. Um, and so what we're doing is we're just taking him to his timeout spot, and we have a talk about okay, what just happened there? Mm-hmm. Was that a good decision that you made? Was that good or bad? Um, and then just talk about a little too about how it affects other people because I think all toddlers are kind of not intentionally, but they're they're selfish. Like they think of themselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that's how they react. Is immediately what can yeah, I do for me? Of course. And so we're just trying to get him thinking outwardly about okay, well, how does that hurt Henry, or how does that hurt Mummy, or how does that affect our family? Um, and then we have a little prayer. We just you know, say, dear Jesus, please help. Joseph too, and then whatever the, <laughs> the right. reason for the timeout was, okay. insert there, um, and then just have him say, "I'm sorry, Jesus," and then I, we tell him, and Jesus says, "I forgive you, Joseph," and then 
them, and then off we go. Wow. <laughs> so just to give them that opportunity to to um, to bring our faith into it and to see to to show him that Jesus wants to help us to be better people and to make those good decisions. So those are all little things that we were pulling from that book and and trying to apply and hopefully making a difference. <laughs> that I'm sure you're making a difference. It sounds like you're not just disciplining him but teaching him. Make, he's well on his way to become a moral theologian, oh, okay, knowing good. the difference between good and good and good and bad Christian <laughs> ethics. And he's also learning about reconciliation and this that's going to prepare him for confirmation for uh confessions when yeah. he does his yeah. that's great wow we're hoping we're trying anyway i don't want to say like this is all peachy keen and it's working perfectly but just those little steps i think are hopefully well thank you very much uh tips on discipline uh with jillian Cantor. so just again <laughs> the it's a catholic family handbook the catholic by family handbook by father lawrence lavasic excellent thank you very much jillian thank you pedro good luck with your disciplining joseph <laughs> and you. henry Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace. She's also the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Word for Word. And she's also a wife and mother of two. Hi, this is Ben Apollinar, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius and XM. You can read the Salt and Light blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro, and back with me now is Lawrence with our programming update. Hi, Pedro. Yeah. Okay, so we have uh, the next episode of our new series, Pains of Glory, tomorrow, Sunday, May 15th. Right. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. If you miss uh, the premiere of this episode, all the episodes that air on Sunday are repeated the following Friday, so this episode will, will air Friday, May 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. Okay, and the, uh, is there a topic on this one? Yeah, this episode is on the missionary... Okay, great. So that's Pains of Glory, episode number three. Three. Sorry, I lost, lost count there. So that's going to air on uh, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and there's a repeat again on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, and we have the repeat of uh, the new Nothing More Beautiful episode right? that we aired last Saturday. This, this is with Father Cantalamesa. That's right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Good. Uh, so that's Wednesday, May 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. So, uh, as uh, you said, Pedro, that's with uh, Father Cantilamesa. He will be giving the catechesis, and he's the Capuchin priest who is the preacher to the uh, papal household. Yeah, which is great. So, he's the guy who preaches to the Pope. Basically. So, if you want to hear how good he preaches, tune in uh, uh, Wednesday, May 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific, for Nothing More Beautiful with Father Cantilamesa. And we're also going to uh, re-air our series called 64 Days with the Ark. Oh, good. On Friday, May 20th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. So if uh, some of our viewers remember, or our listeners remember, yeah. in June 2008, Quebec hosted the 49th International Eucharistic Congress. Yeah. So this series follows a group of those pilgrims that carried the Congress's, it's like a handcrafted ark. Yeah. Uh, they carried it from Midland, Ontario to Quebec City. Yeah, which is a thousand kilometers. A thousand kilometers, and they walked it. Yeah, it's a great little series, and and you just mentioned earlier Saint uh, Pascal Bailon, exactly, who's the patron saint of Eucharistic congresses. Yes, you so were listening. I was listening. So is, there's there's a special connection. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe it's not intentional, but you know, in the spirit of Saint Pascal Bailon, we can be remembering the Eucharistic Congress. That's uh, right. That took place in Quebec in two thousand and eight. Great. Yeah, so that's uh, the first episode, May twentieth. Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Great. And we're also going to repeat This Is My God on Saturday, 
May 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. So this was the interreligious panel discussion that yeah. we aired, uh, the webcast we did a couple months ago. Yeah, right. exactly. That's with, um, the discussion is with Father Tom, Thomas Rizika, our CEO here at Salt and Light, um, Imam Hamid Slimi, who's yeah. the chairman of the Canadian Council of Imams, and Rabbi Aaron Flantreich, uh, which is, the, he's the senior rabbi of Beth Shalom yeah. Synagogue in Toronto. Excellent program. So, yeah, that'd be interesting um, to watch that again. So that's going to air May 21st, yeah. Saturday, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. It's a uh, panel discussion, interreligious uh, panel discussion called This Is My God. Thank you, Lawrence. Thanks. So Lawrence uh, Fluco, our programming assistants. And remember that if you're outside our TV broadcasting area, you can watch all our programs streaming live at our website, saltandlighttv.org. And coming up in our second half hour, our featured artist of the week, Angelica. And we learn how much it costs to go to the seminary and who pays. So stay tuned. Visit the magnificent Notre-Dame Cathedral in Paris. Walk in the footsteps of St. Bernadette in Navarre. Experience Perret le Monial through the Chapel of the Visitation and the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. And enjoy the famous food and wine of the region. Hello, bienvenue, welcome to Blessed Journeys, France. As a friend of Salt and Light, take advantage of this trip that's been especially planned for you. Your participation will support the work of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. For further details, including a full itinerary, sign-up sheet, and more, visit saltandlighttv.org slash blessedjourneys or call us at 1-888-302-7181. Bon voyage. Hello and welcome to part two of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. It's around this time of the year that many of us are invited to ordinations. There have been quite a few across Canada in the last couple of weeks, and there are still a few more to come. And do you know that for every priest that is ordained, there are six or more years of seminary education that they've been through, and someone has to pay for that? Now, to tell us all about this behind-the-scenes of seminary education, we are now joined by David Howey, Executive Director of the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation in London, Ontario. David, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Good afternoon, Pedro. So, is it true that seminarians don't have to pay? Well, I think there's, you know, the, the level of understanding that's out there about this whole subject is uh, probably pretty pretty low. So let me just sketch out the environment of, yeah. of uh, the cost of a seminary education and uh, where the revenues might come from, and maybe reference St. Peter's here in London, yeah, Ontario, sure. as, as the case. Uh, we estimate that, uh, that a typical year for a seminarian is $25,000. Okay. Um, and so that within the uh, first four years of a seminarian's training, if that seminarian is taking the uh, arts training in philosophy leading up to the years of theology study, pretty much they are responsible for that. They're, they're responsible just like any other university student would be in another, in another setting. Um, and they have to work summer jobs. They have to rely on families to give them support. So okay. it, it would be a, a, a situation very typical for so many Canadian families, so many families in the United States. So because it's just a university degree, basically. Exactly. Okay. But then what happens in the, in the years of theology study is that uh, for the seminarians who are from our own diocese here in London, Ontario, 
in, or the London Diocese here in Ontario, what we do is we underwrite those seminarians with financial support on a progressive basis. Uh-huh. So by the last year of formation, they're, they're not responsible for anything beyond their personal expenses, but they've got their living expenses, they have their travel expenses. So it, it can be a hefty bill, just like any family attending post-secondary education. So when you say 25000 that that's because it includes a residence i mean they have to live there their food all of that is taken into it that that would be that would be the full package absolutely okay, okay. so is it uh, for students who don't have that is there i mean there's financial aid let's say like there would be in any other university there is i mean what we what we do is part part of the work that we do here at uh, at St. Peter's uh, Seminary Foundation yeah. is to fundraise for in order to have endowments that will pay for the London seminarians in their theology uh, years. Uh, but you know, for those seminarians who are from outside the London diocese, they still have to pay. Uh, the 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 full ticket in terms of attending the seminary in terms of their their formation years even in the theology years. Okay. So what will then happen is that each diocese from which they come have particular financial arrangements that are are unique to the diocese. Uh, but here uh, the 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 students they have to go and find the kind of financial resources that just any other graduate or postgraduate student would have to do. Okay, are there any issues if the the uh, the I guess seminarian has debt before they go in or or be- There is a you know and, and you're hitting on and I listened carefully to your introduction you're really hitting on a on a very very hot topic. If you look at the literature around seminaries and not just catholic seminaries but seminaries right across um, the Christian world, yeah. one of the big concerns is student debt, just like it is for students who are attending university in other settings. And it's, it, the, the problem, of course, is compounded by the fact that when our alumni graduate, they're not graduating, graduating <laughs> to high-paying jobs no, in finance or in, or in business or in professional schools. And, of course, there's a real sort of limited ceiling on what they can earn as, uh, as clergy. So we're, we're really paying attention to, uh, to that issue. Yeah, essentially, because if they, if they graduate and they still have debt, it's essentially the diocese that has to absorb that debt anyway, because they're the employer. Well, in the sense that, it, 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 in that sense, yes, although a lot of that debt would be personal in character. Right. And so it would be up to the, uh, you know, the person who is now ordained to find the resources in order to try to eliminate that debt. Right. And, uh, but I think that, that, I mean, as you can appreciate, I mean, people who are, are choosing this path of formation really do get a lot of support from, from family, yes. uh, sometimes from, uh, from parishes, and that, all that support tends to come to them through the foundation so that right. we can spread out these resources okay. to, uh, to the various seminarians. Okay, just a note for anyone that might be tuning in at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. We're speaking with David Howie. He's the executive director of the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation in London, Ontario. Now, you've told us a little bit about the foundation, um, what you do and what your, what your mission is. So what would maybe would be different uh, about the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation, or even about St. Peter's Seminary, that is unusual or different. Those we... those those two questions are interrelated, and and we, you know, when when you think of a, a seminary, I don't know when you know when you grew up, if you thought of the seminary as being sort of that external place where men go off for several years and and they yeah. receive this very specialized form of training and yes. magically return uh, as, yes. as ordained priests. 
the Saint P- the seminary at St. Peter's is a very modern one. We we have several formation programs: priestly formation, mm-hmm. permanent diaconate yep. uh, formation. We have uh, we have an institute for Catholic formation that's responsible for lay ecclesial ministry um, accredited programs within our diocese. And we also operate the diocese's vocation director's office right here. So we have okay. a number of responsibilities across the seminary. So as the seminary foundation, when we look at our annual and special fundraising programs, we have, we have fundraising responsibilities for each one of those pillars within the overall seminary umbrella. Actually, you brought up something uh, that I, uh, the permanent diaconate program, I'm in the, actually in information for the permanent diaconate for the Archdiocese of Toronto, and I don't have to pay anything. It's presumably paid for. I know in Toronto it's paid for by Share Life. So is that something that would you, with the permanent diaconate candidates in London, have any expenses, or is that covered basically by the foundation or by the diocese? Typically, the expenses that uh, that a permanent diaconate candidate would have would be travel uh, in nature. Ah. So the program is paid for here. The accommodations are right on site because we have a separate building yes. um, and reserve rooms for our permanent deacon candidates. Yeah. So we've got a class of 24 coming in. Yes, uh, in September, and you know we 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 understand that uh, they're making a big commitment in life, and you know whatever we can do to offset expenses that they're incurring, uh, we try to minimize expenses on their side. Right now, what happens with either the the deacons or the priests or the seminarians if they don't get ordained? You do they are they is there a responsibility that they have to? pay the money back or no we don't we don't make any uh claim um on on anyone i mean they've this typically you know these are individuals who through very deep reflection very prayerful reflection are um deciding perhaps not to continue or not to continue at this time i mean one of the interesting phenomena that's happening is as you know is that um in in many places the formation experience is extended as people, you know, as yeah. they're discerning their vocation, decide, oh, I'm going to take a year away and I'm going to work at a school or I'm going to go into business life yeah. Yeah. or something of that nature just to experience another part of life before they make that final, final commitment. So yes. so we understand that, you know, quite often somebody departing from the seminary is is taking a break as opposed to deciding not to uh, not to discern their vocation right. any further. Yeah. So we, we really don't make any further claim. Right. Now, how can people help? Presumably, you need money. <laughs> we, uh, we operate um, a handful of uh, very, very important fundraising programs here in, in, in London, Pedro. We have two bishops' dinners, one in Windsor, Ontario, the other in London, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you know, bring together 2,000 people uh, typically in a year in support of the seminary. We have an annual parish appeal, so it's a little bit different version than Toronto Share Life, but the same yes. concept, yep. where you go to the parishes and ask them to contribute. Uh, and then we have a program where we approach major donors, and as any charity would, and say, would they consider an independent, uh, perhaps one-time, significant donation? So if you looked at the work of the foundation, it would be like many, many charitable yes. bodies that you'd see elsewhere. So you're looking at different levels. Um, not to say, and I'll say this to our listeners, especially if you are in the London Diocese, not to say that you can also help out with a donation. Um, David, this has been really, really interesting. I think it's, a, it's an important conversation to have as we, because I think most people, Catholics would say that we support our seminarians, we support the seminary, we support the priests, but nobody's really thinking about 
that financial uh, part. Pedro, what I would say is just in, in, as we wrap this up, yeah. there is no secret bank account in the diocese for us. <laughs> There's no secret bank account in the Vatican. We have two sources of revenue. It's tuition and government grants for some of our programs, yeah. and then it's, uh, then it's really our donors. And because yes. we're a national seminary, we have seminarians from all over Canada and right. some from the United States. Yep. We would del- be delighted to receive support from all quarters. Excellent. And I guess people can go to the website then and find out how they can help www.stpeterseminary.ca. That's correct. So, David, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, keep up the good work, and, uh, and uh, yeah. Pedro, nice. thank you for your interest, and uh, we at the Foundation here have a great partnership with Salt and Light, have a lot yes. of regard for the really wonderful evangelizing work that you guys do, so congratulations. Thank you very much, you too. So again, David Howie, he's the Executive Director of the St. Peter's Seminary Foundation in London, Ontario, and that website, we'll put it on our website as well, a link, but it's stpetersseminary.ca. Here now is Angelica with Your Love. i
That was our featured artist of the week, Angelica, with Your Love from her album Remember Who You Are. Now, there is so much to say about Angelica. She's originally from Romania, and after becoming one of the most popular and well-known singers in that country, she has now made her home in Canada. Her first English-language album, Remember Who You Are, the story behind the song, shows not just her ability as a singer and producer, but also as an author, because the album includes a little book of 10 stories that were the inspiration for the songs that are on the same album. And joining me now on the phone is Angelica. Angelica, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Oh, thank you so much for having me here, It's so good to have you. Now, you've been singing... I was going to say that you've been singing for such a long time, but I don't want it to to seem like you're very old, because you're not. (laughs) But you've been singing since you were a little girl, I mean, your whole life. Yes, since I was five years old, yes. And you have... literally grew up on stage. And you have quite the resume, exactly. I mean, we don't have enough time to say all the things you've done, but if you look back on your life and your career, what, what would you say it's taught you? What would I say? Excuse yeah, what, what has your life and your career taught you? Oh, to keep pushing, to keep going for my dream, especially when I, when I came to Canada and I saw the possibilities here. Uh, I mean, it, I, I didn't know how to speak English at all when I first came to Canada. Right. And when I saw how beautiful this country is and all the possibility, I said, I have to keep going. And um, th- my career taught me that um, the most important thing to do is to inspire others and help others through what you do okay. to follow their dream and, and their passion. Can you, look, can, you, can you see people in your life, especially when you were little growing up, being a singer, that, that, it, that did the same for you, that inspired you to, to motivate you to keep going? Definitely. Many, many people. Yeah. Um, from a very well-known singer-songwriters from back home in Romania yeah. to producers who kept encouraging me to keep going, to university teachers, um, and here to all the, the stars that are on TV. And they work really, really hard. And just by seeing their efforts and their results inspires me so much. Yeah. Now, on the album, um, on the album notes... On the back cover, you say that you learned that you've learned that we are all pure spirit, joyful, perfect beings. What What do you mean by that? I mean that we all come from the same place. Okay. God is is all there is, and we come from the same place. We all have abilities for something. Um, if we just, if we can just um, not worry about other people and just worry about our own life mm-hmm. and put all our energy into that we will soon discover what our real passion is. And I'm pretty sure that every single person out there has a passion for something that he or she is extremely good at. Right now, sorry, when you say don't worry about other people, you mean don't compare yourself to other people? Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't look... I'll give you an example. I'm right now on a book and CD signing tour, and Uh I have a lot of people come to me and say to me, I wish I could sing too. Uh And I say, don't. Don't wish you could sing. Just look inside and maybe maybe the song that you wish would come out of you mm-hmm. wants to come out of you in a different way. Right. Maybe it's not music. Maybe it's something else. Yeah. See, people focus a little bit too much on what they see on TV or what they see in magazines and, oh, I wish I could be a star. I wish I could be this. But they don't have to because they have their own little diamond in the rough inside. Right. And they, if you... If everybody just puts their attention on that, 
I'm pretty sure this world would be such a much better place. Yeah, it would. And, and, and there is a lot of pressure from the media. I, I, had you not become a professional singer and songwriter, would you have been okay with that? Or, or how does that message kind of go hand in hand with the message of kind of follow your dream and pursue your passion? Well, if I did not have um, a talent to sing, if, oh, yeah, okay. if God didn't show me that this is my way, then I would have been something else, definitely. But that something else would have been my passion. I see. So I think what I believe is that everybody has a passion for something, and we yeah. just have to find it yeah. and follow it, no matter what. Even though um, you might have, you know, three, four children, and you're in a relationship where you're not very happy, or maybe, um, you know, you consider it's a little bit too late. Even if you do it as a hobby, yeah. it will still make you happier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I can see that. Now, just a note for anyone that might be joining at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. We're speaking to our with our featured artist of the week, Angelica. Um, now, you, you, you said that your, your hope, or I guess maybe if I could say the mission of what you, your, your personal mission is to inspire people. Yes. Would you say that with this new album, that, the, the, that you've chosen, that the, the, the songs that you've written, and even the booklet that goes with the album, that they fall into that, that mission to, to inspire people? This was my first attempt to do that. Okay. <laughs> it's my very first um, album in English. Uh -huh. I wrote all the lyrics, the music. Um, I debuted as a producer also. Yes. Uh, I debuted as everything in yes. this album except as, as a singer. So um, I did my best that I could with this album. I know um, my next one is going to be better because I'm going to put even more focus and more attention into it. But I'm hoping, I can only hope that this, CD and book will inspire other people to to look into themselves and you know find that passion that they have inside. Yeah. Um, um, if I may say something. Yes. Um, I know I'm talking about this passion thing a little bit, like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that people don't realize. Some people don't realize that that is the actual one of the biggest problems behind every problem that we have in life. Okay. If we don't do what we love, then yeah. we get affected in all other areas of our lives. Yes. And it seems insignificant, probably, to some people what I'm saying, but it's not. That's why it's so deceiving. You think, this is normal, you know? I have to go to this job, and I have to do this, because I have to support a family, and that's true. Yes, yes. But it's, it's not as small of a problem as we think it is. Yeah, or people think, I have to do this job because I have to make so much money so I can have this big house. Exactly. And maybe it's not, it's yes. not about that. And the truth is that when you do something that you really love, what happens? It's a domino effect that happens. You, you're very good at it because it's your passion. Yeah. That is 100% for sure. You're very good at it. And once you're very good at something, you excel at it. And the time that you put into it is a happy time. Yes. And you become better and better. And what's going to happen after? You obviously make even more money. So yeah, no, <laughs> it's that's, a domino effect. That's great advice. Now, the song that we just heard, Your Love, mm -hmm. it's about, is it about that? Finding your passion, your, your own love? Or is there a different meaning? Your love um, uh, can be taken as a love song, but yes. the inspiration behind it was God. Okay. I wrote that song for God because I... I feel that he has so much love for us, mm -hmm. and we don't acknowledge it as much as we, I think we probably should. Okay. So that song, I wrote for God. Um, and uh, what, I'm just thinking, you obviously have, you have uh, other songs that you've written in Romanian. 
Actually, no. <laughs> oh, really? So no. I, what happened? <laughs> I never wrote songs. I had such a um, um, inferiority inferiority complex. You say Re- yes uh, about writing music. Really? I, yes. My husband encouraged me to write music. I started writing. Uh, when I was pregnant, actually, with my daughter, uh-huh. um, and about seven and a half years ago, yeah. and um, the only way I could actually get myself, trick myself into writing a song was to take the writings. I, I used to write for uh-huh. many, many years, so okay. I said, okay, let me take this story and see if I can pull out the essence of it and transform it into lyrics. Okay. So I did that, and, and it's, it was so interesting. As soon as the lyrics were done, I had the whole orchestration in my head. Right. And that was such a revelation for me. It's like, wow, so now I can write music, and that's how I wrote all my songs, one after another. Okay, so then that's why there's the booklet, because the booklet exactly. has the, the stories. Yes. And these are stories that you had written throughout your life? Yes, mostly since I immigrated to Canada. Yes. Okay. Yes, and I felt after I finished my album, the album was supposed to be released, and then I had that thing at the back of my mind, you know, like I felt so bad for all these stories that I kind of butchered and just left them, and I said, I have to do something with them. So I, I'm thinking, let me put them in a, in a book form and attach it with a CD. And um, this, yeah. this product came out, and... Um, so far, I've been having such good feedback. It is. It's a great idea. Now, um, you just mentioned that you're on in a book signing and concert tour, and I know you're going to be in concert in, in Toronto uh, next week. So tell us yes. a little bit about the concert and the tour. Uh, the tour is um, a book and CD signing and performance tour, which I started on uh, February 5th at uh, selected chapters and Indigo locations okay. uh, in the GTA area. In Toronto. In yes. Toronto, yes. Uh-huh. And um, it will continue until uh, the end of June. Um, also, next week, uh, which is Thursday, May 19th, we're having um, a concert at St. Michael's Cathedral. Also in Toronto, uh, okay. Yes, in Toronto. Myself and uh, Canada's three tenors. Yes. And um, it's my first official concert in Toronto. So you're going to be doing some songs from the album, or is it mostly classical music? I'm going to do some songs from the album and mostly classicals that people know, a okay. combination of pop and classical music. Nice. Okay, so then for people who are in the Toronto area, that's at St. Michael's Cathedral next Thursday, May 19th. Angelica will be in concert with Canada's Three Tenors. Uh, you can find out more information about that at Angelica's website. It's IamAngelica.com. I'll put a link on, on our website uh, to that as well. Angelica, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. It's a very, very nice pleasure speaking yes, with you too. And thanks for sharing your ideas. Great advice there about following our passion. And thanks for sharing your music with us as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're very welcome. Again, that was Angelica. And again, the concert is next Thursday, May 19th at St. Michael's Cathedral. If you're in the Toronto area and you'd like to go, find out about tickets at Angelica's website, IamAngelica.com. Here now is Angelica with another song from her album, Remember Who You Are. The song is Givers of Light. Judge 
We're listening to Givers of Light from Angelica's album, Remember Who You Are. And that brings us to the end of our program this week. Remember to visit our website to check out the links to our artists or guests, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And also remember that Salt and Light Radio is part of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation, dedicated to bring light to the world through media. Visit us at saltandlighttv.org. And if you like what you hear on this program or if you have any suggestions for featured interviews or artists, write to us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio. Just stop a moment. The answer is in your heart. You just be true, be true to yourself.